Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Everybody good? Loud. Tired. Who said that? Tired? What are you so tired about? Why are you tired? You're stuck? You don't know why. Huh? What happened? What happened? <laughs> Did you stay up late last night? Are you lying or are you telling me the truth? Huh? No? No, you're not lying or no, you did not stay up late. Everybody was asleep by midnight. Were you active today? Are you hydrated? Okay, there's some water. Stay hydrated, y'all. Come on. Water is everything. Stay hydrated. Did you say why? It's so hot outside. The humidity is crazy. Bringing the, all the water out. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you tonight. I think this is going to be a special night. Um, I've been really appreciating our times together. Past couple of nights have been pretty good. This one, I'm hoping, will be even better. Um, and then it'll get better as we move along together in this idea of freedom bound. On Sunday night, we talked about freedom declared and how God said that mankind, humanity, was free. Uh, He started his creation with a yes. He set everything in motion. And then when he made man and woman, it began with a yes. Like, you are free. You're free in here. You are free. We want you to subdue the earth. We want you to be fruitful. We want you to be multiplied. We want you to eat of any tree in the garden. This is my yes to you. Like creation and God's heart for us started with a yes. It was likened to when my kids were born. Like the day that my kids were born, I looked into their faces, their beautiful eyes, and it started with a yes. Like I'm going to do everything for you. This life is going to be set up for you. I want you to be free. It didn't begin with a no. Like I didn't look at my infant one hour old infant baby boy and just started with a bunch of no's you know what I mean like no you will not stay out past nine no you will not have cell phone privileges no you will not date until you're 30 like it didn't start like that it began with the yeses the yeses in your life yeah 30 that might be a little old work that out with your parents y'all I ain't the one started with a yes and then we talked And last night about how even though freedom was declared, there also had to be freedom defined. And we talked about how there was order. And even though God set into motion everything from the heavens to the earth, me and you, from the ecosystem to the solar system to the cardiovascular system, don't forget the nervous system, like he set everything in order because within his system, underneath the banner of his Order, there is flourishing and life and life to the full. And within the boundaries that he set in pleasant places, that's where true freedom is had because that's where our God, who is not bound by time, space, or matter, meets with humanity and says, Here's where I meet you because you are bound by time, space, and matter. But here is where this infinite God meets with this finite human and says, This is where you experience the fullness of my love. Right here. And it is accessible to you, 
And you can have it, and my spirit can indwell in you. You can have it, and we can be in a relationship with freedom is fully experienced because you get to experience the fullness of my love. Y'all can just say word on that or amen or something because I'm sorry. It's just deep for me. It's just deep for me. So God sets them up. He puts everything in order according to his system, his design, the way that he meant for things to flourish. And then we have an antagonist that comes on the scene. Many of you know him by the name of Lucifer or the devil or Satan and this crafty, crafty, evil personified being takes the form of a serpent in this garden that God has created and the serpent approaches the woman and starts with a question that sets in motion the steps that we can begin to take away from God as he asks the question, did God really say? Did God really say? I feel like that's a question that we're kicking around a lot in our culture and in our society. Young people, you're going to be hearing that more and more. I know that there's a whole lot of like TikTok prophets and people that be dropping some knowledge on your social medias about religion and faith and all these like extraterrestrial types of ideas and ideologies and new age stuff. And the question that is constantly going to come to the forefront and is going to be ringing in your ears day by day is going to be the question, especially as you get older the question will be did God really say did God really say and that's where we open up the chapter as we talk about one we had freedom declared two we had freedom defined last night but tonight we talk about how we have freedom fallen like we had this great grandiose plan this beautiful design amazing systems that were set up for flourishing And in an instant, in a moment, where man decided to be their own God, all that fell. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Sorry, 1 through 6 is more like it. Says this, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say You must not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And the crafty serpent says, you will not certainly die. You will not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, it was desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. Did God really say, 
Did God really say that you cannot eat from any tree in this garden? Did God really say that if you eat from any tree in this garden, that you will die? You are forbidden to eat from any tree in this garden. And the woman says, he certainly did not say that you, we could not eat from any tree in the garden. He only said we may not eat from this one, this one in the middle of the garden. Outside of that, we can have anything we want anything we want. We can have, can y'all do that? We can have anything we want. Can you do that with me? Just say anything we want. Outside of that, we can have anything. I'm so extra. So extra. My mentor a decade ago used to tell me, Luke, you are just so extra. Just be regular. I can't be regular. Sorry. God didn't make me regular. I'm just not regular. You can have anything you want. <laughs> but the serpent calls into question the faithfulness of the creator. That is, if he really loved you, he would not hold out on you anything. He would not withhold anything from you. If he really loved you, why would he hold out on you? Why would he keep you from this one thing? Why would he want this thing to be hidden from you? If he really loved you, why does this thing remain untouchable? So he calls into question the goodness of God in this moment and puts a seed, plants an idea in the minds of the man and the woman to say, that maybe what you can't have is better than what you can have. Maybe what you're not supposed to have is better for you than what God has intended you to have. Maybe if you would just take a step out and test the waters, you would find out that there's more for you outside of God's will than there possibly is inside of God's will. Isn't that a tension that we that we mess with like day in and day out. And I can tell you that it is a tension because we all choose the thing that's outside of God's will on a daily basis. I fall short, I mess up, I sin, I get it wrong. We fall into temptation. We see something that might be pleasing to the eye, a good idea, we act on a whim, we're impulsive. Hello, ADHD, impulsive, no filter. <laughs> And I'll just be out there. It's attention. That may be what's most readily accessible, maybe the immediate gratification, maybe the thing that I have been told, the lie, where that is going to complete me, fill that empty spot, that it's going to open my eyes to something bigger because I'm being withheld on by my creator. It really can't be that good. It can't be that free within God's will and his system because what about that and why not? What about that and why not? And here comes the lie from the serpent because God says, yo, you, you pick that fruit and you eat it, you're going to die. And the context of this word death, it actually means that there's going to be a spiritual 
death. There's going to be a death that takes place in the soul of a human being. Like there is going to be a separation now where you were meant to be fully alive in relationship with God and be in a relationship with him that says there is one God. I'm not him. He is. So what he says goes. And as long as that is the rule, I'm going to be free and I'm going to experience the fullness of the love of the one who created the heavens, the earth, the farthest galaxies and the most finite sinews in my muscle fiber. I'm going to experience the love from him. If, if, if I say yes to him and his yes is my yes and his no is my no. But the enemy is crafty, boy. You know, it's like craftiness. Craftiness irks me. I don't know if y'all use the word irk in your generation. It was a big word in my generation. I'm irked. It, it, it irks me. It irks me. It rubs me the wrong way. It's like a splinter under my fingernail. It's it's like a it's like a it's like a boogie I just can't flick. It's like a it's like a it's like a piece of sand in my eye. It's a it's an irritant. It's it's a thorn in the side. It's just, it irks me. Crafty, craftiness, craftiness. Yo, you ever come across a crafty person, like a crafty person that has malicious intent, someone crafty, someone that schemes and plans to like get the best of you, someone that's been planning, like waiting to exploit that weak moment that you might have, like waiting to call out that, 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 that weak spot that you might have and make a spectacle of you, like, like that person that's just trying to exploit that and they're just like buying their time. Like I see the crafty person who, who is like ducking and is like laying low and is just like waiting for their chance and their time and they've been planning it for years and then all of a sudden their time comes, they jump on it at your expense. You ever come across a crafty person? Yeah. Man, I've known some crafty people in my life. I ain't been around church folk my whole life. Don't get it twisted. I've been around some very, very crafty people. And that's what's going on here. See, the enemy is crafty. And in this form, as the serpent is in the garden, says that serpent was more crafty than anything else that was in that garden and comes in the form of a question. See, the serpent doesn't challenge God's will right out. See, that's not how the enemy works. The enemy doesn't just like assert an idea that is an immediate conflict with the word of God. See, what happens is it starts with a question. Now, questions aren't bad and questions aren't wrong. And it's because of questions that we can actually move closer to God. The question is, is are your questions pulling you from God or pushing you toward him? Like, what are you doing with the questions? When, when you hear the questions, that are going on and swirling around you when it comes to God's word and how valid this is and how historically accurate and how inherent in, internally consistent it is. And, and when you think about faith and what the church has to say about a matter and what Christ has to say about a matter and what he completed on that cross, and you got these questions, are they questions that are moving you to look a little bit deeper, to push you toward your creator? Or are they questions that's going to cause you to doubt even more than you initially were? And in doing so, you are being pulled from the creator 
who loves you. Questions are good. They can either push you or they can pull you. What are you allowing questions to do to you? Are you using questions as a justification to turn your back on God? Or are you allowing your questions to to, to bring you to a place where you're like, God, you know what? I don't fully understand this, but I want to check this thing out deeper. I want to move closer. I'm going to look a little deeper in your truths. I'm going to get together with a couple other people who I can trust who might have the answers or who at least would research them with me. Like, what are your questions doing in you? It's okay to have questions. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for well over a decade. My life is just filled with questions. Tons of questions. And the question is, where are my questions moving me? You see, this began with a question. The question was, did God really say? And then after the question and the answer given by the woman, which was in line with God's heart, then comes a disagreement. (laughs) See, see, we're going to die if we touch that. No, you won't die. That's the disagreement. So the question comes, she answers it in line with, that's what God said. But because this little crafty serpent has something to say, some fallenness takes place. Because the question was followed by disagreement, and she gave herself to the disagreement of the enemy rather than the agreement of her father. That's big, yo. That's big. If I could encourage you young people... In this information age, riddled, riddled and riled with cheap investigation and immediate results. In the best way and most thorough way that you possibly can. Explore and investigate the yeses of God. And when the questions come, Please don't allow yourself to be consumed by the no of the enemy rather than the yes of Jesus. Because I'm telling you this, the yes of Jesus is worth it every single time. The yes of God is worth moving toward every single time. Take my life as a testimony. Because the times when I took the no as my yes, it was riddled with pain and doubt, and self-destruction, and addiction, and being lost, and depression, and anxiety, and being alone, and all of these things. But when I said yes to Jesus, said yes to his word, I'm going to tell you this right now, it never once failed. Never once failed. But the woman here, she takes the no as her yes. You won't die. Okay. Oh, I won't? Hmm. (laughs) Let me think. Either I'm going to listen to the one who created this whole thing, or I'm going to listen to the one that's slithering on his belly, trying to convince me that I'm not going to die. Like, who am I going to listen to? I can't say I'm any better, because that's a cheap yes. That's a cheap yes. And and look, y'all, let's be honest. You got some cheap yeses in your life. It's some cheap yeses all around you. 
I mean, think about the stuff you're watching and listening to. Those are some cheap yeses. I'm not judging you or condemning you, but let's be real. We got some cheap yeses. Let's look through our phones right now and see how many cheap yeses we can find. All right. When Friday comes and we're finally set free, let's see how many cheap yeses. I'm just saying, it's just, it's life. But if you really eval, even right now, when you don't have that thing with you, if you did an evaluation right now, let me ask you, the yeses that are in that small little thing, the yeses in that, and I'm not condemning iPhones, I'm just not that way, smart things or whatever, devices. But if you look in that, I wonder how many of those yeses are moving you toward God and how many of those yeses are moving you away from them. I'm just asking. It's a real question. So she says, you will not die Rather, your eyes will be open. And here's here's what we got to get our heads and hearts around right now is what do we believe that God is hiding from us when it comes to our life? What do we believe that God is hiding from us where when we make a certain decision to act outside of his will, then we'll know the truth. Then we'll be enlightened. Then our life will be full. Then we'll be satisfied. Then we'll be filled. Then everything will work out. Then everything will be good. Like, and I feel like the reason why we make so many decisions outside of the will of God in our life is because we just think there's something more. There's something better. There's something fulfilling. Something gratifying that God is holding out from us. And what's crazy about this is after they take the fruit and they eat it, you know what happens? After they give their yes to the serpent, what's crazy is that they become ashamed and filled with guilt. It's not in the text that I showed you, but, but immediately they move from this place of freedom and joy and liberation and vulnerability and being free to be me and experience the fullness of God. They, take, they make this decision, and then all of a sudden they become ashamed and fearful, and they hide from God. So they move from a place of God is hiding something from me to now they are the ones hiding from God. They moved from a place where they felt like God was hiding something from them to now they're the ones hiding from God. Inherently, we have this disposition, this divine disposition that We wrestle and deal with guilt and shame when we choose things that are outside of God's will. Might be related to lying, cheating, stealing. Might be related to giving into temptations of lust or maybe it is the things that are on your phone that aren't supposed to be there. But I'm saying that oftentimes when we are giving ourselves to something else, 
We can feel this sense of shame and guilt like God must not love me. God is disappointed in me. God doesn't want me. I'm not good enough to be in a relationship with God. And, and then it's this cycle because we keep doing that same repetitive sin and we find ourselves being pulled farther and farther out of our relationship with God, experiencing him in the fullness and what he attends for us. I've been in that place. It's a part of my testimony. God redeemed all that. I know what that feels like. So they go from a place where they felt like God was holding out on them, hiding something from them, to a place where now they're hiding from God. And here's the thing that's really sad. It moved them to a place where now they're withholding themselves from God. They moved from a place where God gave them everything and he wasn't withholding anything. He was just setting the boundaries. He was putting the system in place so that they could experience the fullness of his love. And for, in order for their yes to be a true yes, there had to be an option for no. We aren't just robots. We aren't just yes bots. Yes, 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 yes. We're not yes bots. There's, there's a no which makes our yes genuine. So now they move from a place where they believe that God is withholding from them to now withholding themselves from God. Why? Because they're hiding, because they feel shame. And that is the fallen state of humanity is because we left a place from being in relationship with God where everything was out in the open and his yes was our yes and then we chose our own yes that was outside of his yes and then we turned our back on him and this relationship was fractured because God couldn't any longer have a relationship with this human being that didn't want to have anything in common with God because the moment that that relationship was betrayed was the moment that God said, I can't have any part of you because you chose to be your own God. And if you want to be your own God, then let's see how that's going to work out for you. And he handed them over. And we see the results of human beings wanting to be their own God. Look at our world. Jealousy, Strife, greed, murder, death, famine, selfishness, hatred, bitterness, racism, prejudice, injustice. It runs rampant, and none of that is in line with God's heart. But that's what happens when the no of the enemy becomes the yes of humanity. And that's where we are fallen freedom. So instead of being liberated and declaring that in line with God's heart as he defined it, we became slaves to sin and the fallenness of humanity because we constantly say yes to the enemy. But not all hope is lost because we have a reconciler, a redeemer, a savior, and a friend 
and he gives us a way to come back to the yes and the fullness of freedom with God. That's good news. But we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to hear about that. Amen. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this time. I pray for each and every one of these young people in this room. And I pray for them because for many of us, we don't know that there's a way back to you. And for many of us, we actually haven't been confronted with our own fallenness that is actually leading us to eternal separation from you which is worse than death. And we're not staring that in the face often enough to say, God, I'm nothing without you. I'm common without you. But with you, set apart, I'm free and I'm flourishing. So Lord, I pray that tonight you would just do some work in our hearts to show us the spaces and the places where we're choosing the no of the enemy to be our yes, rather than the yes of our creator to be our yes. God, you alone are good. You alone are the fullness, perfect love. You alone is our salvation. Bring us back to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good night. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.